Hey, your pal Mike Shea here from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running the hardcover D&D adventure Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. You too can become a patron of Sly Flourish by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and signing up. Patrons get access to early videos and early... Uh, release information for other products that I'm making. They get uh, access to Sly Flourish's Uncovered Secrets and Sly Flourish's Adventure Generators and a number of Sly Flourish exclusive adventures. So you get lots of material by supporting uh, by supporting me on Patreon. But most of all, you help support shows like this. So yes, last week, we, we are deep into chapter two and big things are happening. And the, the big work we're all gonna do today together is take a deep look at the Black Cabin, the, the, the adventure, the Black Cabin, that is where the characters, the characters are going. But let's take a look at our at our notes from uh, the last game and see what happened. They were right at the tail end of the cackling chasm. They had gone into the cackling chasm to recover the heart of the Idescendant, which is an artifact that you can bring back to the Idescendant, and the Idescendant can repair itself, and that way Perrin's mind flayer family that he now has could fly away, and. So they were on their way out and they got attacked by, so they, they saw uh, our friend Shadowhawk, saw that the Knight's Kiss has learned that he's got a illithid parts in his head. And they're like, maybe we shouldn't kill him. Maybe we should just capture him. So that's like a little thread I'm kicking down the road. And, and then they got attacked by o- Orlo Skywatcher, a Goliath who had been, who had been taken over by Shardalon, kind of hinting at the, the dangers of Shardalon. He had Shardalon body modifications that made him kind of cuckoo bird. So they then return to the Ascendant, and there's a big question. Perrin, who one of the characters, is making a big choice about does he go with his family on the Ascendant or not? He's kind of thinking of going with them. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep pushing the Ascendant's departure out so that he can make that choice closer to the end of the campaign if he wants, right? If the player is kind of done with Perrin and wants Perrin to go away, then we can do that right away. But if he wants to continue to play Perrin. And I think we like Perrin. We like the character a lot. So I'm going to talk to Jay, the player, and say, are you, do you want to step away from Perrin? Or do you want to keep playing with Perrin? You know, from a story element, we can work the story element so that he can continue to play Perrin, but can still fly off on the end ascending. Because I think that'd be a really fun ending, right? Is that it's sort of like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He takes a little Mind Flayer hand and he walks onto the ship and they fly away. And then he becomes a Mind Flayer as the tentacles go and eyes and ears. Don't tell him that part though. They returned to East Haven. They got the Book of Dazan. They got a bunch of quests spilled out to them, right? And probably too many. I think I spilled too many quests. But they had all of these quests spilled out and, and they, they made the choice. They got, Ilda got her father's note and that freaked her out. And she's like, I need to go there. She's like, we're going to go talk to my dad, but we're probably going to have to go kill him just so you guys know. And they thought they were going to do that right away. And then they, but then they heard about Macradius in the Black Cabin. They said, if there's a way for us to get rid of the Endless Night, that's a big deal. Like that, that talk about helping the people that could really help the people. So I think we want to do that. So they ended up choosing finding Macradius in the Black Cabin. Uh, That's where they went, but they had some good role play scenes. They had a lot that went on. It was a really good sort of transition, sort of a transition time here. I might drop in a little bit of downtime. You know, I might, I might give them that like they have a couple days in East Haven uh, before they're going to head out to the Black Cabin? Is there anything that they would have wanted to do? So I think that there's some things that, that we could do. 
And then we'll probably jump into an interesting random encounter. So let's take a look at the secrets. I checked off secrets as I ran them. Old ones travel deep in the other dock. I did that. Nice kiss. Want Shadowhawk captured. Yes. Creature named Anjuk. They did not get the Anjuk creature. Um, the, the missing bell. I don't think all of this info got spilled yet. I don't think it did. But a bunch of other stuff did. They know that Valish Gant is there. They know about Valish Gant. They know they have the amulet with the other member of the Arcane Brotherhood there. So... Yeah, they learned lots of different things. Order of Elven Knights once protected through Cell, known as the Knights of the Black Sword. What they're going to find out is that I think they already found out that her father is a member of the Knights of the Black Sword. Yeah, they did, right? So, so all this stuff kind of worked out. It was a good transition getting out of the Cackling Chasm and getting towards it. And now they are like beeline. They've made the choice. They're headed to the Black Cabin, which is really good for me from a prep perspective because I know what to prep. The problem is I don't know anything about the Black Cabin. I've, I kind of, I read it, but it was like a long time ago. So we're going to click on generate session planning notes. We are going to set up our new notes. It is 1 August 2021, Sunday, D&D, Sunday Frostmaiden. All right. Our notes, as always, is in Notion. If you are in uh, Twitch chat, you can learn more with those links that I just that I just pasted in there. It tells you about how to use Notion. It gives you access to, you can see my Notion notebooks, all kinds of different things about how to use Notion. Notion is a fantastic aid for uh, D&D. I, I, I've now been using it both for tabletop gaming and for online gaming, and it works really well for both. Great way to organize my notes. So we review the characters. We have six characters. I think everybody, I don't know that anybody's out today, which is great. We have Ilda. Ilda is a half-elf, half-goliath. Half her mother was a former member of the Children of Oral, as she thought her father was. Now she's finding out that her father is actually a member of the Knights of the Black Sword, who is a group that originally protected Thrun, an elder evil. They guarded Thrun, an elder evil that had been imprisoned in the spine of the world. However, the... The, the city of Yethrin had picked up Thrun and then crashed. And now Thrun's cradle at, at the bottom of Yethrin, buried under the ice, is cracked open. And that's what caused Icewind Dale. Not, not to canon, but canon in my game. So Ilda's all tied up in that. Uh, Auk and Dawncaller is a Goliath from the one of the, one of the groups. I always forget which one. The Worm Dune Crag. And I think I want to try to tie Worm Dune Crag goliaths into the adventure i'd really it's time for him to meet some of his family members and stuff like that so yeah goliath of worm worm doom crag who has seen visions of what's under the ice and i think oh god what i just do how'd that how'd that move around i don't know whatever so we have shadowhawk shadowhawk is a drow half drow half mind flayer now he's got a mind flayer symbiote in his head the symbiote is now benign and not continuing to grow and turn him into a mind flayer but he can he now has an ability to uh, attack people with mind flayer power so he's no longer really a drow he's now a sort of a vampire mind flayer right which is kind of cool kind of a half mind flayer Gore, and he's being hunted by the Knight's Kiss, who is a group of assassins that were sent out from House Zalarn, who are now trying to go capture him to bring him back so they can use his psionic abilities. Gore Wan Alcazar is a uh, member of the Wan Alcazar Trading Company. He's a secret heir to the, what are they, to the Greycastle family. I guess that's Wan Alcazar is like a, not quite a anagram. Running the business. And boy, there's lots to talk about the business. 
a little bit more talk about the business than I, than I dig, frankly. Perrin Fat Rabbit is a halfling who was captured by Mind Flayers, managed to survive before they had implanted anything in him, but family members were not so lucky. So he has a brother now who has been turned into a Mind Flayer and a bunch of his villagers that have been turned into Mind Flayers. Uh, Candle in the Dark is a uh, tabaxi rogue who escaped from the Xanathar down in Skullport uh, and is being hunted by a, uh, also being hunted by an assassin named Shakar Ballard, the Ebonheart. Shakar Ballard and, and his caller named Guy Gaz. And yeah, so those are the characters. So our strong start today, what could happen in East Haven? What would be an interesting event occurring in East Haven that would kind of be a fun thing? Because I wanted, I wanted like scene-wise, I want downtime in East Haven will be cool. And then travel and encounter on the way to the black cabin and then the black cabin, which may be a one or two session event where I, I don't know how that's going to play out. So really straightforward on the scenes, right? I want to do some downtime, but I'd like to have something interesting. What is an interesting event? Like, obviously the big one is, you know, an interesting one would be more with the children of oral. Do we want to bring the children of oral back in there? Could somebody show up? You know, that that could be interesting. We could bring Father Limac in, in play, but I don't want to derail what they're already doing. So you don't want anything that's so strong. Uh, you don't want anything so strong that it that it then takes them in a different direction, right? I, I, you don't want anything like that. I don't know a good way of foreshadowing the Duergar attack without the Duergar actually attacking. So I don't know about that. Is there anything with Oral or the the or the knights of the black sword or the arcane brotherhood or any of these other factions could they run into shakar ballard i don't know like what it, 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 it you know so there's there's two assassin groups but it might be time so maybe it's time to bring what's his name back again right maybe it's time that they met uh guy gaz guy gaz greenhood right and Guy Gaz is my, he's my front man for Shakar Ballard. He's the caller. He was resurrected. He gets resurrected often. And he, so what, in, what would he want to say? What's the deal? Does he want to offer a deal? So what is Shakar Ballard? Shakar Ballard is there to take Candle back to, take Candle and his family back to Skullport. You know, that's, that's their real goal. And they'll kill anybody that gets in the way. And Candle's family is now staying at the Bryn Shander Community Center, which used to be the House of the Triad, and then also was the, the headquarters of the, the Children of Oral in Bryn Shander. But they cleared it out, and they've sort of rebuilt it. And so Guy Gaz, you know, the one like where I've got threads that are going on, and it's like, well, you know, I don't want the threads to derail the campaign too much. There's a candle. Yeah, we don't want the candle to get snuffed out, right? So what would green, what would guy, what would guy Gaz bring to them? Like he knows where their family is, you know, and what, is there any reason like, like Shakar doesn't want to just go in there and murder everybody. Cause it's, that doesn't help. Right. But he's like, look, if you and your family come with us and we'll give you a 10 day, could he offer like, you know, we know you've got things that you're working on here. Why would he be nice about it though? Right. Like, we know you got things you're working on here. We'll give you a 10 day. And if you don't, you know, if you and your parents don't come out in a 10 day, we're going to go in there and no one's going to, no one's going to survive. Everybody in the community center will be killed. Right. Why would he give him a 10 day though? Why not say you got to come with us right now? But there could be a reason. So 
So maybe Shakar has found something he's interested in in here in 10 towns. Yeah. The other one is like, maybe it takes like, Shakar's not going to go in by himself and it's going to take him that amount of time to get together, you know, the, the people he needs. Like he's cut off from getting assassins from other groups, but he's hiring, you know, he's hiring thugs and bandits and, and other assassins, right? What if he warns them about the Durgar? That could be interesting. You know, the whole, uh, yeah, a lot of kind of interesting stuff. So I think, I think we're going to go with that. We'll just, we're going to just punt, right? And the punt is come you and your family. I guess, well, one, so one other issue is like, they can't get out. Like the thing, the, the, the pass is frozen. Like Shakar can't get out of here any more than anybody else can. Right? So, but does Shakar know, you know, the, the ice isn't going to ask, yeah, how about that? Right? Like this, this isn't going to last forever. Could Shakar have a way out? I don't think so. Like he could, maybe he's got a portal. When the pass is open, when the pass is open, you and your family are gonna come with us. If you don't agree, we're gonna kill everybody. We're gonna kill everyone in the BSCC. That's a strong message. Yeah, could there be an airship or some other way in 10 days? But I, I think an approach is, you know, like th that they, you know, they want to, I mean, they want an agreement. Like they don't want to grab candle. Cause like, what good is it if they grab candle and his family and then have to hang on to him for six months while they wait for the pass to open up. But what's their other approach? Is Shakar just there to kill him? He's not just there to kill them. Right. You know, I think he, you know, the Xanathar wants them returned, right? If you die, only your folks will come back and the Xanathar will not be pleased about this. I don't know. It's, you know, it's a tricky, I got, I got, I got tricky bits. You know, too many assassins running around for one. The gate that opens up in 10 days. Yeah. I mean, so it's possible that like, maybe then Gygas isn't going to say this, but like, we're, we're working on another way. You know, we're working on another way. And if that comes to pass, you're coming with us. So maybe you wouldn't say like, we've got a gate and, and, and we're going to, we're going to get out. But like, maybe, you know, maybe it's clear, like the Xanathar doesn't want you dead. So meeting with guy guys i think that yeah we'll go we'll come back to that so secrets and clues so what are some secrets and clues? we can tie a bunch of secrets and clues to this so the xanathar doesn't want a candle or his family killed the xanathar wants them returned to skullport but that's not going to be good what else shakar is working on alternate, on alternate transportation out of Icewind Dale. But it could take a 10 day or more to line up. So I think that's a couple of things. What other, the, the Duergar are building a huge war machine to destroy 10 towns. What if the players find out that Gygas needs them alive and blackmail him into service? That would be interesting. What could they possibly get on Gygas that would make him switch against the Xanathar? Like, that's a really, you better, it better be severe if you're going to do that. The artifact Macradius found came from the Lost Spire and thus from the ancient Netherese city under the ice. That is good. The Macradius's artifact is powered by the, what's it called? The Mithalar inside Yethrin, which in turn is powered by Thrun in his cradle. 
what other are there any other what what so when we think about the black cabin and we're going to take a deep look at the black cabin because that's actually what I'm what I'm running right is there is there what's the big reveal I think that might be the big reveal right that there is a mythalar I don't know how to spell mythalar in somebody help me out with the spelling of mythalar please there is a mythalar in Yeth, in the city under the ice Yetherin that is powering the spell that causes the endless night. The power, thank you. And then we'll add that to dictionary. Add to the dictionary, yay. Cool, a word. The power of the mythalar is only one half of the uh, magic of the endless night. The other half is a very powerful spell. So where do we learn about the Codicil of the White? So the Codicil of the White is the book that contains the spell. Who knows that? So that, I bet you, I bet I know who knows that. And that would be the Knights know about the Codicil of the White. The Book of Magic held in Grimskull. The Book of Magic held in Grimskull, now in the hands of Oral herself. The Knights believe that uh, Thrun is more powerful than Oral. And that if Thrun kills Oral, they will be stronger. They will become a god. That's an interesting secret. Sometimes secrets just come to you and you're like, hey, that's an idea. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. One more secret. So these are, these are cool. The, the problem is these other ones, they're not going to learn about them until they get involved with the Knights of the Black Sword. But they can learn about Netherese stuff. Is there other interesting Netherese lore that we want to dump that they could learn from the, the piece? Oops, what did I just do? Do the Knights know it because of Avarice or their patron? They know it because it's, they, they've been following the lore of Thrun for a long time. So they have theories. There, there are a bunch of like rich assholes that, that sit around and you know pretend to be occultists, right? And they learned all this stuff from studying it. They're like the magicians in Jonathan Strange, right? They don't practice, like practicing magic is, is, you know, no, but we study it, right? Wear funny hats. Each of the spires uh, represents a school of magic. Yes. I think that's probably a secret they'll learn when they go to the spire itself. Is there just any, you know what? We'll save this last secret as we read through uh, the adventure itself. So now I need a fantastic location. This is going to be something that they run into when they're traveling from East Haven to the Black Cabin. I'm moving the Black Cabin south instead of north because I don't want them cutting across a whole bunch of 10 towns to get there. So flaming foggy pillar of the frost giants. That's kind of interesting. Sure. Flaming. I don't know about flaming, but a foggy, foggy pillar of the frost giants is pretty cool. And maybe there is a, what could be here? Yeti corpses hewed with an X. That would be cool. Right. And do we want to have an encounter there? Let's take a look. Let's, let's go to some random tables here. You know what we could do is, why don't we use, I, I have an Encounters of the Frozen North adventure generator in the adventure generators on my Patreon, and I don't even use it myself, and I should. So we are going to go find it. I don't think any of you guys can see this. I hope not. Not that it matters, but 
So here are the adventure generators, and let's look for frozen north. Settlement, environment, locations, wilderness, underground, encounters of the frozen north. All right, so let's roll a d100. Oh, look at that, I got backdrops too. I should roll these, why don't, why don't I use my own thing? It's crazy. Backdrop is an abandoned farm. Okay, that's cool. Monument is a dragon skull. Dragon skull and an abandoned farm. That's kind of cool. Well, let's, I like that better, right? Instead of this foggy. I like the Yeti corpses. But boy, I should have used that other one. This is great. And then I need the D100. Kitty, not now. The dice are not for your, the dice are not your toys. Uh, 40 on the nose. 40 is Horde of Manes Seeking Holy Blood. That's kind of creepy, right? Why would a bunch of manes be summoned here? Is there a reason why manes got summoned around this, around this place? I don't know. I'll hang on to the manes, but let me try a different one. See if something comes out that's a little bit more. 71. 71 is a winged vampire kobold seeking blood. Did they, yeah, they, they violated, they, they, they broke the rule that, that Teklili had placed out for them. So I think getting attacked by flying vampire kobolds would be pretty cool, right? That's cool, right? I mean, kobold, and I think for the kobold vampires, because I didn't, I, I don't know, let's, we, we might use the normal ones here because they, they were a little weak. If I recall, the, the vampire kobold spawn are CR3, but they only have one attack, right? And it's not, I mean, it's plus six, so it's not nothing. But I might throw a claw attack on them too if they're, if they're not. Well, they have pack tactics. I don't know. So they're CR3. So the characters are five. We can do our lazy monster thing here. So deadly benchmark is 30 divided as 15. So they could face five of these kobolds, right? That's probably about right, right? So kobold vampires, and they can fly. That's cool. And the vampire, so we have an NPC here. One of, one of my fa new faves, Rend Hollow, right? Rend Hollow is a more powerful kobold vampire. He sends in some of his brethren, these five kobolds, to, to kind of harass them. So we have uh, vampire kobolds led by... Rend Hollow. Sometimes I have a name that I just love. Rend Hollow is a fantastic name. Uh, led by Rend Hollow. Attack the characters at a frozen pillar of the frost giants sur with surrounded by impaled yeti heads. That's cool. All right. So I got a kind of a fun encounter that, there. That's, that's cool. I got an NPC. Uh, they also have Captain Imdra. She's around. And Janth, Janth is the ghostly form of the Arcane Brother, member of the Arcane Brotherhood. So that's cool. And I don't know about treasure. Let's take a look at treasure. Decorated knife. Whoops, there's a spelling error. Decorated knife of Torm that casts Call Lightning. That's pretty good. Do they have, I think they have a Call Lightning thing. No, they don't have a Call Lightning. They have a Lightning. Who is the Frost Giant God? Would a, and a huge knife? What's a frost giant sized knife? Would that be like a, a glaive to a normal person? Maybe it's an arrowhead, right? It's a spear tip that can be turned into a knife. Who is the god of the frost giants? Thrym. Okay. Perfect. 
Decorated spear tip of Thrym. Is there any interesting lore about Thrym in D&D Beyond? Storm King's Thunder has a temple of Thrym. I don't see any good lore for Thrym. Oh, well. All right, so I got treasure. I've got monsters. I've got NPCs. I've got a location on the way. So I've got all my notes ready, but I still don't know anything about the... Uh, or not, I wouldn't say I don't know anything about but, but we need to take a hard look at the Black Cabin because there's a lot of tricky bits of the Black Cabin, right? And and anybody, if anybody here in Twitch knows the Nof of Turn, the Nof of Torm, Falchions are a big knife. Oh, did I write Frozen? I meant Foggy. Oops. No, it's Foggy Pillar. Yeah, it's like it's frozen and there's fog coming off of it. So if anybody has run the Black Cabin and has tips, because I think there's like tricky bits in here, including like a just instant kill problem, right? Characters drawn to locations. So you that Black Cabin is built by a ranger of the far north long before the 10 times when he moved to the lodge, became a refuge for others. He's getting blah, blah, blah. Six months ago, Macradius, a sage, a devout father of Lathander, god of dawn and rebirth, formed a plan to end Orl's hold of Black Cabin where he spent all his time assembling a weather control. So I'm going to make this... He didn't assemble, he found it using knowledge gleaned from a book about Nethery's artifacts, close enough. Somewhat designed to a Mithalar, <clears throat> but much smaller. Unfortunately for him, he had a serious design flaw. He tried to use it three days ago at malfunction, incinerating both him and his book. That sucks. Characters assures the camp, find the sage's charred skeleton in his deadly creation. Since the mishap, Kratius's restless spirit has lingered, but unwilling to depart until his work is complete. So we could have Macradius's ghost, right? As, an, as a potential NPC. We make a new NPC. For McCready, I'll have to find a picture. So McCready's ghost is still there. From the border of the the restless spirit will observe things happening, but can't manifest physically in the material plane. Characters can see the restless spirit of McCready's and interact with it only if they cross over to the border of the which is what happens if someone dies in the cabin. In the border of the the spirit manifests as a giant floating spectral head with fire burning in its eyes. Arrogant in life, McCready's remains so in death, snappy and egotistical. Da, 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 da. Merova said, I ran it, two characters died, and it was not a good experience. My players were terrified of the thing and were almost about to leave immediately after. The metagaming aspect of the dead players talking to a ghost is hard to deal with. If I did it again, I would split the group so that the living party members were not at the table for the ghost speak. I can't do that online, though. That's good feedback. You welcome to the company and others. Is there, one question I have is like, certainly people can die there. Is there any way to get them back or is, it, is it, are they dead dead? Like, is there any way to get them to return? It doesn't seem like there's any way to get them back other than like a raised dead. If you fix the thing, they're revived. Weird. Okay. So that's, so we just need to make that really clear, right? And is there any reason why that happens? Why does that happen? Characters try to finish the rake helps in this body form to lay the spirit to rest. The characters will fix the creation's design flaw and then activate it all within the confines of the black captain where creates. Once he sees the device working and the spirit departs to the afterlife. It doesn't say that the characters, if a creature with intelligence three or eight is a spectral form, a character that dies in the cabin and the spirit manifests as a value. We can choose the form a spirit takes regardless of the form a spirit cannot. the spirit is not a creature and can't be harmed or turned. It can do a bunch of things. Ah, it plane shifts them. Is that right? It takes them to the border of Ethereum, but they're not actually dead. I mean, it looks like death. So they go to the cabin, outhouse. Outhouses are always fun. Ew, yuck. Find a piece of stack, discarded notes and blueprints from Grace uses toilet paper. Poopy jokes. The cabin is huge. It's pretty big. Yeah, there's a lot of rooms. So I think I would give some characters the ability to at least know that the other ones are there, right? So they don't just see their friends die and then they're, they're gone. Oh, there's an amulet of health. That's nice. Uh, Six-inch diameter gyroscope featuring two scorched rings inlaid with runes and a dense chunk of coal. The summer star has lost its luster, but is but it's but not its magic. It turns them to ash. Ethereal spirit. Don't fret; they can find a way back. So, how do they repair it? 
Step one, identify the item. Creature spirit studies around DC 18. 18, intelligence. Assert the device is designed to control weather. Identify spell. McCready's blueprints. Design flaw. Obviously, McCready's has concluded that device rings are unable to contain the magical energy that the core puts out. A third ring must be attached to the device, and the new ring must have runes like those characters. Succeeds intelligence. Comes a conclusion. Check is made with advantage. Fix the design flaw. Craft a third ring. A quarter pound of metal must be melted down in a fire and recast using smith's tools, then inscribed with runes. Where would they get that stuff from? Like, you know, did they have to like go back to town to do it? Right? That would kind of suck if they have to leave. Character must attune to summon star while holding the device. The attuned character can use the control, can cast the control weather spell without the need for a character with summon star to be outdoors. After the summon star ceases to be magical, the spell lasts for the duration or until the character's concentration ends. Macritus knows what must be done to fix the device. Can't activate the enemy because he's dead. If no one can attune. There's a workshop room in the place. Okay, cool. Uh, if no one can attune to the modified summer star because everyone in the party is dead and trapped as a spirit, nothing more can be done with the device until someone else comes along and can attune to it. Fortunately for characters, they don't have to wait too long for uh, someone who rares. That's weird. Weak floor. There's a gorge directly underneath the cabin. It takes 49 bludgeoning damage. Oh my God. Wow. When it's a weak floor, I ain't kidding. Is it really on a big gorge? Oh yeah, look at that. It's sitting on this great big gorge. That's cool. That's a bad fall. The first one is where somebody using the summer star catastrophe responds by sending cold light walkers. I think we'll, we'll do multiple cold light walkers. That'd be cool. So I think this is pretty, yeah, I, I get it. So like one tricky bit, I don't know where the, where does it say that, it, that, that people get resurrected? Any permanent time, it's trying to instantly restore to full health regardless of how the character died. In addition, each character that helped lay materials the blessing of the morning Lord. 10 temporary hit points each day at dawn. Wow, they get that, that's pretty good. They get that permanently? That's pretty good. So you get that and aid. Everybody gets 20 extra hit points. That's tremendous. I might do five. I don't know. Do I need to nerf it? I guess not. 10 is 10. That's a lot of extra hit points though. It's a good motivator. Okay. My thing is like my character, one of the, one of the, the cleric casts aid on everybody pretty much every day and they get those hit points too. Aid does not do temps. Aid is a boost to your actual hit points so that means aid and this would stack and they would get 20 you know 15 to 20 depending on how big an aid spell they cast so it's a lot of extra hit points it's like 20 percent of their hit points or something like that maybe no it's way more than that it's like a third extra hit points which would be nice if they weren't getting destroyed by this thing so so what are the tricks that i need to you know what are the tricks that i need to keep in mind here when I'm running this, this will be fun. Cause I'll talk about it now. And then next week I'll have like tips on how to run it. So let's see. Fantastic locations. We're going to have black cabin hyperlink that just so I got it handy. So it sounds like the tricky bit is if, if one, so one tricky bit is you don't want everybody to die. Right. I don't think that's like with six people, it's unlikely all six people are going to get wiped out by the thing. Because it's a blossom becoming a 10-foot radius sphere, incinerating golden radiance, each creature in the sphere. So they'd all have to be right on top of it for everybody to die. So I don't think that that's very likely. Somebody's going to like be outside or somebody will be doing something else, right? And then what you want is you want to have a good metagame. You want to you want to kind of, you, you want to, it sounds like you want to make sure to lead the lead the group so that if, if there's people remaining and they just saw their friends die, like, like, you know, like we, we just heard they, their, their instinct might be to leave. Like the most logical thing the character would do is get the F out. We don't want to do that though. Right. We want them to stay. So then the question becomes to the spirits, like your friends look like they're going to leave. What do you do to try to convince them to, to stay 
even though you can't directly speak to them? Like, how do you convince them you're still there? Make sure to show the players after the explosion that the thing won't just explode again. Give them the leeway to actually interact with it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point, right? Like once, like see, like the runes are all glowing and then they flare out. And then, you know, I don't, I don't mind kind of just telling people things like, you know, because you are trained in Arcana, you can tell X, right? You can tell that whatever energy was stored in this thing is no longer there or it's refreshing, but it's going to take some time. It can be, now it can be safely manipulated, right? Just tell them. So, so that can work. Yeah, but I think, I don't know. I think it's cool. And then, uh, so let's look at Cold Light Walkers just for this final encounter here. It looks like it could be a fun one. I've heard people that say they really like it. Is there a theme to this adventure? So like McCradius is from McCrady from The Thing. There's no real thing thing going on here though. I love Cold Light Walkers. They're challenge five. So three of these would be a good challenge against the group instead of, right? And I think they, they are really nasty. Yeah. Yeah, they can blind and then they slam and cold rate. Look at the slam. Oh man, these guys are awesome. I like monsters that do real damage. They are undead, so they could be turned. Although they have wisdom. I would probably give them advantage on their save too, because they're being they're they're under the And who would they be? So they would be dead people. Who are who are people that they've seen that are dead? They would be sacrifices of oral. Oh, the hanging woman from, yeah. Whoops. So a cool thing to do with cold light walkers is find dead NPCs and make them dead NPCs. So one of them could be from the last session, Orlo, right? So Orlo Skywatcher could be one. Then there was a, oh, it's gonna be hard to find. It was one in Targos. So how do I search for Targos? Where do I search? Quick find. I should have a bunch of notes from Targos. Let's try this one. So they're in Targos. Mother Nora Icehand, right? Yeah. She was great. She died. She was she was hung. So Nora Icehand, Mother Nora. Is there anybody else that they that they killed or that they saw die? who could have been turned into a cold light walker and sent against them. Thumper. <laughs> Thumper returns as a cold light walker. Hops, hop, <laughs> eyes. That would be hysterical. I might do that. Thumper is a cold light walker. I might have to do that. That's, that's pretty great. It could be. It actually, better would be the druid. But Thumper is Thumper's pretty great. Thumper is a, is a really kick-ass cold light walker. Would be pretty awesome. Anyone killed by the ice killer guy? Yeah. Ravison, right? That would make sense as a cold light walker. So I think that'd be cool. Yeah. So I think I still, I'm missing one secret. What's one, is there one other, now that I've read the, the black cabin adventure, is there any additional secret that, that comes out of this? We already know that Macradius founded at the Lost Spire. We know that it channels energy that comes from somewhere else, somewhere below. We know, what else do we know? Is there any, you know, there's gotta be one other secret here. What, what, what secret would help tie together Grimskull and all of that stuff? Do I already have the Grimskull stuff? Yeah, the Codicil of the White. But the Knights of the Black Sword who know that. I guess we'll do that. The, the giant fortress of Grimskull. Is it GRYM? I can't spell. Lays hidden on an island 
in the sea of moving ice. That's a good secret. One interesting thing about this adventure is I think once you manage to dig your way out of chapter one, which is like the hardest part so far, it then kind of goes downhill. It's like fast, right? Like things, things are moving along. Things feel fast. You know, it's pretty great. I think if they survive this and they survive the cold light walkers, it's probably time to kick them up to six level. I have a feeling it'd be a good time to kick them up to six level. So yeah, so I think we are all set. I've got my notes. I feel good. I feel confident. I'm ready to run it. It's all good. So I think we will call it a day. We'll call it the end of the show. And in an hour, I will run it. And the next week, I will tell you how it went. So I want to thank everybody for coming and hanging out with me today. I want to thank all the folks for coming for, in Twitch and spending the morning with me. It's always a great pleasure to have you around. For those of you listening on the podcast uh, or watching on YouTube, thank you as well. If you like the work that I do, you can support me in four different ways. One, you can, you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. Two, you can subscribe to me on YouTube. Three, you can... Uh, support me directly on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and signing up. If you do, you will not only get access to the Encounters of the Frozen North page that I showed in here, but you get access to a whole bunch of other stuff too. And four, you can pick up any of my books, including Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master and the Lazy DMs Workbook. So thank you very much for a wonderful morning, and I will see you guys next week. Have a great day.